Hi, I'm Pastor Dallas Billington, Senior Pastor here at City Church, and we want to welcome you today to our services. We hope that no matter what you're facing in life, that through the message today, through God's Word, He will truly encourage your heart. You know, it's interesting. People say, how do you figure out, like, what you're speaking on or, or things like that? And, and what I try and do, sometimes there'll be a series, but sometimes it happens... Uh, it just happens through what happens to me through the week, just like all of you. If something happens, you, you, you think about it, and it, and it kind of clicks, and it stays with you. And I couldn't help but think, and I used it last Sunday, how that I was standing behind that lady, and she had her, she had her purse on. She had everything thrown on the counter at the gas station. She needed, like, when I was talking about she needed, like, 78 cents, and, and she didn't have it. And I said, no big deal. I said, let me just get in the clerk behind the counter. And the clerk was upset behind the counter. Uh, meaning upset in a good way. She just felt bad and this other lady and so forth. And, and then I was talking to the clerk afterwards and, and she was just talking about how even people coming in there and how sad it is and how it's just really difficult right now for so many people. And how that there's this, we all know there's like this cloud that, that's over everything and it just seems to like we turn the news on, what are we going to hear next? So I want to talk about today on keeping joy in your life, keeping joy in your life. Let's pray. Father, we are just so grateful, Lord, that we can gather here today and so many people now, hundreds on Facebook and YouTube and all the different people tuning in. We just pray that, Lord, just calm our hearts, clear our minds from all the things that have been going on this last week, everything we've heard, uh, anything on the news or things we've heard personally that we can see you today and know that we have that joy in you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to look at a verse in Psalm chapter 16, verse 11, a couple times through the year, I always turn to this because it's so important. In Psalm 1611, the psalmist tells us that you will show me, meaning God, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You know, uh, you think about what, what makes you laugh really more than anything if you think about it. What really brings you, it's usually something that happens, you know, between uh, something or someone in your family does something, you know, and, and that's what really that just brings us laughter and joy. And, you know, I never forget, we used to have this thing with, with in our family, the kids growing up. We'd do this every, once they got in, I don't know, grade school, junior high, that, that uh, we'd sit around a dinner table. We'd do this every couple months. Oh, man, we, we would eat dinner a lot around the dinner table. I mean, every couple months, this, this is the one thing that we would do. That, that we would have a, the night that we have that everybody would, uh, would choose another person in the family and they would imitate them on who, what they really did, who they, what they really acted like. And Stefan loved to choose me. My son, and, and I always, everybody would start laughing. I said, wait, I don't do that. You know, and everybody said, oh, no, that's you, Dad. That's exactly what you do, you know. And, uh, and <laughs> everybody, that would be probably some of our times we would laugh the hardest and the most. It, it's something about uh, that, that we, that you just have as a family. That, and, you know, when you have that, that experience, 
And so the Bible says that laughter, uh, joy and laughter is like medicine. It's like, yeah, think about that for a The Bible tells us it's like medicine to our bodies. And, and you know how after you have one of those laughs that you have, you know, you just feel like it's just amazing. Everything that you've been thinking about, everything that's been going on, it just seems like it's just gone for a minute. And, and that you have, but I, I want to talk to you more, and laughter is so important, but, but about joy. Joy is an underlying uh, peace, if you will, or an underlying calmness and, and, a, and a hope and a happiness that you have. What's the, what's the key to this verse? And I, I really want you to get this today when keeping joy in your life. You will show, show me the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of joy. It, it says showing us a path. Now, I want you to get this. In life now, joy in life always comes by looking down the road. Think about that. When you and I have, when you get the phone call or something happens at work or uh, something that you're going through personally, and, and you're, we're, we struggle with it, right? And, and, and whatever it is that's going on, and it's like it doesn't seem like it's ending, and it's day after day. The thing that will bring you more joy is to when Jesus says he will show us the path in this life. Anything else that we want to try and do is good, you know, if you want to put it in there. But really being able to get through this life, Jesus is going to show us. And, and he even says in his presence is the fullness of joy. So what he's telling us is we walk through this life, we're going to have continued joy knowing that Jesus is always with us and he's showing us by our faith that, that there's joy. Always knowing that, you know what, there's hope. There's hope. There's hope. And when there's hope, when you can see down the road, there's joy today. Don't miss that. The fullness of joy is knowing what our Christian life, our faith does for us. And so if we, we again, it'll happen to you this week. It'll happen to me. Something will happen and you don't like it and, and, and you wish, why did this happen? Or, or things have changed. And you've got to say, wait a minute. What is the devil trying to he comes to steal, he comes to kill, and he comes to destroy. Jesus says, I've come to give you life and to give you life more abundantly. So if we're with him, in other words, if we're in his word and we know, okay, Lord, I don't get this, I don't understand this, but you're in control, what are we doing? We're looking down the road. And as we look down the road, there's always joy. There's always hope. Why, why is the very first thing that we do when someone passes away in our life, what do, we, what do we immediately think about? Heaven. We immediately think about heaven. And what does that do? That gives us, even though we're grieving so much, that gives us joy because we have hope. We're looking down the road. We're knowing we're going to see that person again someday, and it's going to be forever. Joy, knowing that right now today, if you and I in whatever we're facing to keep that joy, we have to, don't, don't wish our life away, but we've got to take that circumstance and know, you know, you know it's so hard when, 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 you know, whether you're first married or whether you have kids, either one, you could, you could choose, and, okay? But, but, you know, the struggles that you have, you know, like, man, what is going on? I, I was, you know, 
uh, I was talking to someone that was married for a long time, and they were telling me, you know, Dallas, I can't remember the first, I, it, the first time my husband and I, we had this argument. She goes, I can't believe it. This is, you know, she was just telling me this is like, this is like 30-some years ago. Or your kids, you're exhausted because, you know, never forget when an uh, older lady, she had seven kids, uh, and she was telling us years and years ago, she had t- I think she had two sets of twins, you know, like, oh, man, anyway, so, so, but she says, she, she said this, this is what she said. She said, you never get away from it once you have a child. She says, when, when they're young, you are physically exhausted. And when they get to be teenagers, you're emotionally drained, you know, so, and we all know that. So, so what's, what's, the, what's the deal? What, what do we have to get from this? What, what keeps somebody going, whether it's young in a relationship or whether it's your kids, what keeps you going? You know that you, you are building something. And no matter how difficult it is right now, you're knowing down the road, if you just, just somehow, some way you're able to work through it, that's going to give us joy right now. That's what the Lord's saying. All right, let's look at another verse. I want you to look at Nehemiah because it talks about families on the wall. And it talks about how that we can still have that joy that we need, even though we're facing difficulty. In Nehemiah chapter 8, we're going to, let me give you a little background of this in in verses 9 and 10 we're going to talk about. But it's very interesting what the whole book of Nehemiah is about. It's about their homeland. Jerusalem, and they had been at war. They were taken captive. Most of them, you know, it's hard for me to understand, and so I just want to bring this up. I don't understand, and it's a lot of times in, in the Old Testament, there would be these unbelievable wars, and they would take most of the people captive. I don't know, maybe the, the, the people just, they didn't want, they just left there, but that's what they did. Most of them they would take, but some of them they would leave. Some of them were left in Jerusalem from the Babylonian War, most of them were taken to, Babel, to Babylon. Anyways, there's still a few left in Jerusalem. The city's, everything is a mess. The city's been burnt down. It's been an unbelievable war. It's set like that for years. The city was in ruins. And, uh, and some of Nehemiah's friends came to him where Nehemiah was with the king. He, at that time, he was the king's cupbearer. In other words, all the food that the king ate, everything he drank, Nehemiah would, you know, not a good position to be in, but he would, he would eat or drink, and if something happened to him, you know, well, at least the king didn't get knocked off, but, but Nehemiah would have. Anyway, so he does this, you know, so he's the king's cupbearer. And he says, uh, hey, what's going on back in Jerusalem? How are things back there? And someone gave him a report, and I'm just giving you a real quick synopsis, but gave him a report, said, man, it's, just, it's still destroyed. It's still, it's still uh, a mess. And you know how, how you, we always feel, you have that feeling about your home or your home. I give, I give you an example personally. If you had a great upbringing like, like I did or, or my, our family, mom, dad, my brother and so forth, that we had a great home. I, I, can't, I can't go by our house we grew up in. It's just too, too many like memories. Things. But they're all good. But there's just so much emotion tied to it. Okay? And it's all good. And so we have that, you know, think about your home and think about knowing that, that can you imagine if it's just completely just destroyed and, and torn and in and a, and a mess and what you, the feelings that you would have. Well, that's, that's what 
That's what Nehemiah had. It was, it was where he was from. It was him still being of that descent and all the Jewish people that were in Jerusalem, that's their homeland. It's destroyed. It's still his home. Still has those feelings and everything he had growing up there. So anyways, to make a long story short, he goes before the king. Now, if you went before the king as a cupbearer and you had a sad countenance, they would, you're dead. That, isn't that a nice thing that, you know, you know, if you weren't happy before the king, they would kill you. And that's the way it was. And it, 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 I don't understand that. But anyways, uh, you always had to be in a good mood before the king. And he went before the king upset. And the king, because he was close enough, he said, hey, what's going on? He said, well, my homeland's a mess. He said, it, it, it's, I, I can't get away from it. I grew up there. It was his, he told the whole story about what happened. And, and he says, uh, he says, well, what, what can I do? Let me say this. You know, a lot of times that we stay where we're at because we don't ask for help. <laughs> Especially the older we get. We just think, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to work through this. No, that's what we're here for. That's what a church family's for. That's what the family's for. That's what close brothers and sisters in Christ are for. We're here to help each other, but you get we, a lot of times, and I've had to learn that over there. You got to say something. So he said something to the king, and the king says, well, "What do I got to do?" See the faith that he had. He he was so burdened about his homeland, he he had to be honest, in, and he told him what was going on, even though that things could have happened where it could have killed him. Anyway, so he did, he says this, and the king says, "Hey." All right, let's, what do I got to do to make it happen? I, I, it's unbelievable just because he had the faith to say something. That's our own fault a lot of times that we don't experience joy. We keep it within us because they think the older we get, we're just supposed to handle this when we need brothers and sisters in Christ. You got to say something. He did. The king made a smooth way. He said, matter of fact, all the other people that I know in the area that are kings and are of that land, I will give you permission to go through that land. And any, any, any resource that they have that can help you rebuild, whether it's the certain type of wood that they have or minerals and so forth, I'll get to you and, and we'll, we'll make it happen. He, Nehemiah couldn't believe it. So gets on a horse, he takes off, he goes back and he sees he sees the ruins uh, of Jerusalem. This is interesting. He went by himself at night to see how the devastation was. He didn't want anybody to go with him. And now here's why. He knew what he was going to do. And he didn't want anybody to talk him out of it. I want you to be very careful who you listen to. Because if we're not careful, we listen to people that... Well, we saw there, there's some great athletes, there's some great people that are, that are uh, scientists or, or, or doctors or whatever it may be that didn't quite have the, the mental capacity or didn't quite have the skills at that time. And you know what they recall when they achieved great success? Do you ever hear, hear them interviewed? They recall, oh, yeah, I remember so-and-so said that I couldn't do it. I, I want you to get this. I want you to understand there's some things, there's some things when it comes to that you want to do that are dreams that are great success that you believe that God's put in your heart. You don't tell people because, because they're going to they're gonna knock, it, knock it out of you. And Nehemiah knew that he needed to do this. You know, all, all throughout, I, um, 
through this process, he had these three guys, if I will, I don't want to take up much more time. He had these three guys that were constantly trying to pull him from building the city back up because he had all the resources. But there's these three guys that were always saying, oh, you're never going to do it. It's not going to happen. And, and uh, they were always getting words to him through letters or, to, hey, come meet with us. So I'll never forget there was a time, I never told this before, my grandfather pastored a very large church. And uh, there was a guy that, that kept causing problems. And it was church thousands of people, and it kept causing problems in the church. So finally, one Sunday, he went in, and he called, pulled a buddy of his over. He says, hey, I need you, Jack. He said, Jack, come over here for a second. I need you. And, you know, Jack said, oh, all right, uh, pastor, okay, what do you need? And, and this is my grandfather. My grandfather was like 6'3", he's a big guy. And he calls this guy over. Here's Jack, and he calls this other guy over. So let's say the other guy's name is Bill. I don't know. He says, Bill, come over here for a second. He says, uh, Jack, I want you to, 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 to know that you're here to just be with me to acknowledge this. And Jack's like, what is going on? He says, uh, he looks, Bill looks at the guy. He says, I'm going to tell you something. He says, I want you to get out of my church. He says, I don't want to ever see you back here again. And he said a few other things I really can't say right now from the pulpit because that's what Jack told me that my grandfather said. And that was it. The guy would never came back. Why? Because he was, he was sowing dissension and he was pulling other families apart and, and getting people to look at God a certain way and saying, that they, what, the Lord, God hates discord. He hates it. So my point is when they, they were sectioned on the wall, on this wall that they were building in Jerusalem, they were sectioned there and they knew that there was going to be enemies, whether through word or whether through war, that were still, said they had swords in the one hand, building with another hand, with their families right with them. It was amazing. Their families were right there with them, and they had someone else with a spear standing below them, knowing there was always a threat as they were rebuilding. I want you to know, as you're rebuilding right now, whatever it is in your life or your family, there's always a threat. The devil's going to come at, and you can't let down right now. Whether you like that or not, it's it's going to be like that for a while. And we have to know, where does our joy come from? Where does our joy come from? You have to be willing to fight for your families today because the devil is out to destroy them. It was so interesting to know that they there and they were building the wall family by family. I don't know if you've seen it. I, I, I have to bring it up. I, I really don't want to, but I'm going to bring it up anyways. If you saw it last week, I don't, can't believe what we see in the news every week. But there's a, I have to say it because it brings in with this with families. There's a new film on Netflix, and they haven't got rid of it yet. But they're sure getting a lot of backlash, and it's called Cuties. I don't know if you've heard that advertised. But it's about 11-year-old girls dressed very provocatively, uh, twerking, and just, I don't want to go into it, but it's just unbelievably profane what is out there that, that they're trying to show with 11-year-old girls. Now, here's my point. Here's what, here's what the devil does. Say, ah, you know, they're not really doing anything. And other people say, oh, you know, and then it's just kind of funny, and it's just like the title, look what they put, cutie. It's just kind of cute. They're just having fun. Wait a minute. Here's, I heard this in the news, too, and I, and I so believe this. The devil 
he doesn't care about this right now. He didn't care about what I just said. He doesn't care about what, whether, what they're going to do or not. All he's doing is seeing how far he can push it, okay? So he got a, the devil got a pushback a little bit this last week, okay? Just, just some, but how far? How far? Have they still pulled it yet? No. How, how far? And, and see, that's how everything that we see that we're living in today in our society, and we're saying, I can't believe this is happening, it's because we've not had the pushback. It's, it's like, as believers, that we need to stand up and we need to continue to pray for, for churches and, and things, especially in California and all the things that are happening out there, that, that pray that they can continue to meet. We need to stand up before we don't have a voice. And that's what's so important. Now, what are we living in? We got to say something. We have to be willing to know that it's worth the cost. What's worth the cost? What's more important than your kids or your grandkids or your relationship in, in, in marriage or whatever it might be? Nothing is more important than that. And we have to be willing to fight. They were building the wall, and God did a miracle. They built this wall within 52 days, which is unheard of. Why? Because God's hand was in it. They built the wall. The wall was up. Each family by family were there. And as the wall was built up, it was time for celebration. They were celebrating. Things were happening. And then it was time to read God's word. The priests began to read the word of God. Nehemiah was also excited. They were all thankful that the wall had been built. Ezra, the priest, began to read and listen to verses 9 through 10 of Nehemiah chapter 8. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra, the priest, and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, this day is holy because they were again able to finish the wall. To the Lord your God, do not mourn nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. It's interesting. And then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Well, the devil wouldn't want me to say that last word there. The joy of the Lord is your strength, okay? I want to say that again. Ben, I think I need some help. Right, right. Got it? Okay. Let me say that again. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, what, what does that mean? What, what does that actually mean? They heard the words and they wept. Know that we need to be in the word. We need to know the word. But, but to know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. What, what does that mean? It means just to be a Christian. You know, we tell somebody, I'm a Christian. That should, that should say something to you. That means I have hope. That means I have a pathway with this book. That means that, that I know no matter what I hear this week, somehow, some way, the Lord is going to give me strength to go through that. And because of that, I've got this inner joy that no matter what I hear, no matter what I go through, 
And there's a strength, there, there's a strength in that that you can't get physically, that you can't get mentally. You know, I'll listen to some uh, motivational speakers, you know. I, I know probably all of you listen to some of them. There's nothing really wrong with that. Okay, you, you get, they have some good things they say, whether it's Tony Robbins or different people like that, and you'll hear, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty good. You know, I need, I'm going to remember that. But when it comes to life and death, when it comes to something that you can't work out motivationally, when it comes to only the Lord can get you through, there are many things in this life that only God can get us through, most things. Again, we can motivate. If you work hard enough, you can make money. But you can destroy a lot of things in the process. We do it God's way. God's way says, I'm going to give you joy by following my path. And sometimes it's difficult, but know that your strength will come to you spiritually. Not any other way. It comes to you in such a way that you can't explain it. Let's look at a couple more verses and we'll close. In the book of John, then, then, then what do we do? Well, as I said earlier today, we, we've got to ask for it. It's so interesting that we don't, we don't ask for things enough. John chapter 16 and verse 22. John 16, 22. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again. Jesus is speaking. I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be, may be full. You know, I want you to think about this for a second. When we pray, what do we, what do, we do? Always we do. Sometimes we, most of the time we take it for granted. Lord, uh, this and that, our family and my husband and wife and, and the kids, watch your so-and-so that lives here and there, and, and this is going on, so-and-so's in the hospital, this person, and Lord, and this and that. And when we finish, we all, we're supposed to, as believers, say, in Jesus' name. That's where we get, that comes from right there. That comes from right there in the Bible. That's where that comes from. Jesus is saying to them, you know, I've told you three different times, meaning he's telling the disciples, I'm not going to be here. And they're like, well, what are we going to do? You're always with us. He says, it's going to be something even better. Like, John, we know that you're over in this city, and James, you're over in that city. Well, I can't be with both of you at the same time, but I want you to know that I'm going to be with both of you all the time, no matter where you're at, with thousands of believers. Everybody's going to have me. It's going to be better in that way. And all you have to do is go to my Father, and the Father is going to answer your prayer when you come to me because you're asking through my blood which was shed on the cross, through my death and through my resurrection, which God sacrificially loved us so much he gave us his son. And when you ask that way to the Father, he's going to acknowledge your prayer. He's going to answer it. That's what we have. Father, and then, Lord, I ask you to do this and do that. Lord, please, please Please, Jesus, in your name, I ask it. That's where that comes from. And when we ask it, what is, what is immediately? Because you don't have, you know, you want that, you know, you're hurting financially. You want that prayer. You want that check in the mail that afternoon, right? 
That's what you want. That's how quick we want that answer. This is what the Lord's saying. He's saying, when we go to the Lord and we pray in Jesus' name, here's what happens. Immediately, your joy will be full. See, we want to maintain joy today. We have to know that if we're on the path of Jesus, because the devil's always trying to knock us off, we got to get back on there. We're with him. He's with us. We can see down the road because of the light that he has. says it's going to light up heaven forever from him. We don't, there's no, no flashlights, you know, no lights on cars or, you know, streets, highways. The light of heaven is from Jesus. That's the light you and I have today. You can see down the road. That's what gives us joy. You can see as you're exhausted, maybe as parents, you can see you're exhausted with what's happening at work, and you're not sure how things are going to work out. You can look down the road, and you have hope. You have hope down there. You have joy today. When we ask in his name and in prayer, we know that Jesus says, when you ask in my name, your joy will be full. That's immediately what we get in prayer. And finally, let's close with this. Last thing, I'm sure you don't want to hear, so my mic will probably cut out again. But uh, in, in Hebrews chapter 4, Hebrews chapter 4, we're going to close with this. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. We're going to focus on that and find grace to help in the time of need. Mercy and grace. When you think of mercy and you think of grace and you think of both of them together, I cannot help but think about forgiveness. And what I mean by that, help in the time of need. You know what the most difficult thing for us to have joy in our life is? Man, this is it. You got to get this, and we're going to close. For you and I to have real joy, the joy that we really need in this life, we have to have mercy and grace. Here's what I'm getting at. You got to forgive. See, you got to have the mercy that God has given us and the grace that God has given us. The older we get, the more people have hurt us in this life. The more people that have hurt us in this life, we harbor it. We keep it there. Sometimes we forget it's there, but it's there. We hear that person's name. We see that person. It's all brought up again. The Lord says that if we don't, we'll harbor and we'll be imprisoned with bitterness. But God says, I got an answer for you with that. Come to me. Come to me in your time of need. And that same grace and mercy that I have given you, and you pray for that person to me. Lord, will you help me? Help me to, to give that person the same mercy and grace that you've given me. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying, if you, this is it, if you want real joy in your life today, you got to forgive. And this is a little bit different the way we close with that. I could have used a lot of other scriptures, but I want you to know that you can't do it on your own. I can't do it on my own. You got to go to the Lord and you got to say, Lord, I need your help with this person. 
He will give you the grace and he will give you the mercy that you need for that person because you're needing it because it's destroying your life and you don't have the joy that you should. When we are willing to do that, we want to find and we want to maintain joy in our life. Look down the road. No, Jesus is always with us. No, go to him in prayer that your joy may be full in Jesus' name. And no, no matter who's hurt you, no matter how long it's been, no matter what's going on, in your time of need, you can go to him. And he will help you with whatever it is. And he will give you the grace and the mercy, whether you believe it or not, to work through that situation. Let's pray. So our heads are bowed today. We all need that uh, joy. There's not a person in here watching you that needs that joy. And you can't get it without the Lord. You can't get it without the Lord. We can laugh, we can do other things, but we can't get that underlying joy. I want you to know today, I want you to think about right now, whether you're watching, whether you're here today, I want you to think about a situation or a person who has stolen, who steals, who comes into you and takes whatever joy it is that you have in your life. Say, Lord, I, help me, help me. Here's what it is. Here are the here's the person. Here's the, the people. Here's the situation. Here's whatever. Just right now. Just say, Lord, help me to forgive. Lord, help me to know that I need you, and you're going to help me look down the road with this situation. Maybe it's something else. I don't, I don't know. Like sometimes I just say, Lord, here's where it is, and the Bible says He knows your heart. Father, you know our hearts today know where we need help you know our hurts and the Lord we know that the devil wants to steal our joy and father we know that the joy of the Lord you Jesus is our strength so father you are what we need not anything else you're what we need and with that underlying joy we have hope so father if there's someone here today or someone watching, Lord, that doesn't know you as their Savior, may they know, Jesus, just as I said today, Lord, that you're God's Son. You died on the cross for all of my sins. And when believers pray in Jesus' name, Lord, I, I want to do that. Lord, I want to know that I have hope and peace. So, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. I acknowledge to you from my heart that I'm a sinner. I need you as my Savior, and I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins, and from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. Father, if there's someone here today that still needs to even pray that, acknowledge you, or someone that's prayed that that's watching, they'll let us know. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you're the one that gives us joy. You are the one, Lord, that what we need right now in Jesus name I hope Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit has spoke to you today through his word you know, no matter what you go through no matter what you face in life I want you to know that through the one Jesus Christ 
Through his death on the cross of Calvary, he shed his perfect blood for you and for me. And if you pray right now and ask Jesus into your heart, the message that you heard today, why God is speaking to you, I want you to know that you can have hope. And all you have to do is pray with me right now. Don't try and figure it out. The Lord says by faith, we accept Jesus as our Savior, and you'll have hope for eternity. You say, Dallas, will you help me? What do I have to do? Well, let me share with you a verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you're willing to believe that God sent his son to die on a cross for you, just pray this prayer with me right now. And you can have heaven as your home. Jesus will forgive you for anything you've done in this life. And you can have hope from this day forward. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe that you're God's son. And you came and lived a perfect life. And you died on the cross. And you shed your perfect blood for all of my sin. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, we want to hear from you. Contact us through our website, City Church AC, or you can get at our church app through any of the um, streaming services, and we want you to know that we'll contact you. And from this day forward, no matter what you face, you'll always have hope, knowing that Jesus is your Savior, and he'll come through in your life. Thank you for being with us today.